Well, good morning and welcome to Local Matters. We are talking about education matters today, and my special guest is Dr. Jeremy Wendt, the chairman of the Department of Curriculum and Instruction at Tennessee Tech University in the College of Education and professor of education at Tennessee Tech. Jeremy, welcome. Good morning. Welcome. I should say welcome back, I guess, because you've uh, you've been with us before, but it's it's great to have you on the program. Some of our folks may not know much about you, so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got into this great career that you're in now? Sure, glad to. Uh, it, it's been a few years, going on close to 20 years now that I've, I've been working in the College of Education. Uh, not a direct path to get here, but but found my way through the College of Business and and through elementary education, and and have landed landed here almost 10 years as department chair. So. Uh, you know, always, always fun story to hear how people get into education and get to where they are. But I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and uh, love to have an impact in the Upper Cumberland. Well, you chair one of the largest departments at the university. Uh, tell us about curriculum and instruction. So, curriculum and instruction, uh, as you said, one of the largest, larger than some of the college, other colleges uh, at Tennessee Tech, and so we, we handle all things licensure. That, that's our number one focus. And so if, if there's a teacher in the classroom in the Upper Cumberland, I can almost guarantee they have a degree or two or three from from my department. Uh, it, it's a great we have a great relationship with public schools uh, and have had a number. We're, we're trying to do some some counting uh, of the department of our graduates over the years and and we've we've stopped at 15,000. Uh, because Lord. the wow. digital records have have stopped there, yeah. and so we're hoping to go back a little bit further. But it's it's a large number. It's a big group. It, it is. is. And how many students do you have currently enrolled in a typical year? Uh, we have over. There's over a thousand, give or take, that that fall under curriculum instruction. You know, our, our exercise science department in the College of Ed has grown dramatically uh, in the past few years, and so they're they're doing well too, holding their own. But but we we t- typically have close to a thousand students, and that's a bunch, and sort of a, a big challenge for you to get your arms around. And the folks that help you, the faculty and staff, are important. How many faculty are there? So we have about forty full time faculty. Uh, between our tenure track faculty and, and our instructor lecture lines, uh, we're, we're at about 40, and then 20 to 25 adjuncts at any given time in the department. So it's a it is a lot of moving parts, but exciting. Yeah, exciting and and sort of challenging, I'll bet at mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Uh, do do the faculty all agree with each other on everything? Always, 100 <laughs> percent, and especially agree with me. That's the fun part. It, it is, you know, it presents. It's challenges, but but it's a I have such a productive group. The, the majority are former teachers, you know, and, and all have some piece of uh, you know connection to the field of education. The the whole group, and so it is a hardworking group, uh, so productive and and work well together that that it really makes it it makes me look good as chair and makes my job you know very doable. The faculty can make or break you, and mm-hmm. and uh, it, it really when they're doing. When they're hitting on all cylinders, it does make your job go smoothly. That's great. And they all teach, but they uh, they all have experience in the many of them anyway in the K twelve classroom too. And that that makes a voice of reality for for the current students, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It does. And and those years of experience, 
you know, they they not only lend themselves to the to the students, but but also to those in service teachers that are in the field. You know, working on graduate degrees, it, it makes for great partnerships and 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 a lot of really good projects, grant projects, research projects, um, and and then just support. I mean, it, it's you know, it's a, very common for us to get a call or an email from a, a current teacher who needs needs help with a project. You know, whether they're they're trying trying out a new lesson or they need ideas for their classroom. You know, they still reach out to our faculty consistently to have those conversations and, and to, to have that support. Well, that's great. And it, it's great that they have those kind of linkages where they can, uh, where they can reach out. Let's talk a little bit about students and uh, where they go right after graduation. Um, you've got a very big group and I know they go a lot of different places, but typical students, where will they go in, a, in their first year? So, so our typical students uh, are all heading straight to the classroom. That, that's our, our average student lands that job. If it's an undergrad student, they're getting hired in March at the career fair. Uh, they, they don't even make it to graduation before they're, they're hired. And so they're working in, in every district around. Um, and, and so you can see our graduates from easily. You can pick them out from Chattanooga to, to Nashville to Knoxville. Uh, our graduates are in every school district, uh, and and then our you know our graduate students. If we branch out real quickly into into our some of our PhD program graduates, uh, they have found jobs at universities uh, in professor positions. Um, the Center for Innovation Teaching and Learning is is a new area that has has tapped into the expertise in the College of Ed and curriculum and instruction. So there's such a demand for curriculum developers, instructional designers, that we've seen a lot of our, and if the K-12 schools are listening, I apologize for making, you know, making our graduates uh, desirable, but they are finding that those fields are also high need and, Absolutely. and you know, attractive to them when they graduate. And so we've had companies pursuing our graduates for fields like that also. That uh, increases the competition for the K-12 schools, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And and that's a good thing, but uh, hopefully we're going to get most of these teacher candidates out into teaching kinds of degrees, and they go all over the nation. It's just that Tennessee Tech students like the Upper Cumberland and like Middle Tennessee, and a high proportion stay right here, don't they? Mm-hmm. They do, they do, and the, and the majority of our and we have some tracking numbers. The state, the state does keep track of that, and so they we know that that probably eighty to ninety percent in a given year stay right here in the Upper Cumberland, uh, in the state of Tennessee. I know one of your alumni in Jacksonville, Florida, though, so I know they go other places too. But that's um, that's great that that they are uh, um, available for these Upper Cumberland schools. So Tennessee Tech has a real impact on every county in the Upper Cumberland through curriculum and instruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. Well, let's talk just briefly. I know your specialty is in your department, but uh, let's talk about the other undergraduate departments in the College of Education. What else is there? Sure. So, so three departments in the College of Education, curriculum and instruction that I mentioned handles most of the licensure. Um, and then we have counseling and psychology, uh, which has an undergraduate in psychology. 
and then masters in, in a new PhD program in in counseling and in psychology. And so those those areas uh, are growing. We, we've seen growth in the past few years. Obviously, a high demand for counselors um, and and in the psychology field. And so so that department has seen a lot of growth. We've had some new professors from from out of state with with you know some impressive credentials come to Tennessee Tech to join those programs. Uh, and so that that department has grown. They're actively searching for a new department chair. Uh, Dr. Barry Stein retired uh, recently, and so so they're searching for a chair uh, for that department. Uh, but have continued to grow under their their current leadership. And we ought to mention that Barry Stein, long time, long serving chairman and long serving faculty member, also a really talented photographer and artist and. I know many of the folks around Cookville will, if you look hard, you'll find Barry's work in, in a lot of places. Yeah. And so uh, in addition, so three departments, and so then exercise science and, and physical wellness, uh, which has, has grown a lot in the past few years. And so that's been a, a really big piece of the College of Education that sometimes gets overlooked. Uh, the occupational therapy and pre-OT and pre-PT programs have seen a lot of growth, sports, sports medicine, and and so many other fields that that sometimes people don't know Tennessee Tech has, you know, and and they're strong programs, and and we have nearly a hundred percent placement into those graduate programs out of Tennessee Tech's College of Education, and so those programs are are really doing well, and and Dr. Kilman has has been a, a really big advocate and and supporter, and and has taken the helm of that department and really done a lot with it in the past few years. And you you think about that department and you think that that's almost pre-medical. Uh, what's it doing in a college of education? But that the genesis of that department came from the old Department of Physical Education, didn't it? Correct, correct. And so you think about the the type of courses that you need to, to teach physical education and wellness. You know, there's a lot of biology kinesiology, you know, those anatomy courses, those things that that are really relevant to be a good physical education wellness teacher are all the things that you need to be a good occupational therapist or, or physical therapist. You need to understand how to stretch those muscles and how not to stretch those muscles. Correct, correct. Well, that that's great. And, and going back to um, counselor ed and psychology, um, there are jobs in the K-12 in the school systems for those folks if they want to go there, but many times they go to other kind of counseling positions too. They do. You know, there, there are so many options uh, for those graduates. They, uh, they own their own practices. They, they work for corporations. And so you see our graduates in, in lots of different areas. Uh, one of the one of the ones that we've had that that has kind of crossed over with the counseling and psychology and our PhD in exceptional learning uh, is working for the Sarah Cannon Research Center, and so the the statistics and the analytics and the program planning, all those things are so relevant today uh, out in the in the workforce. And so we've had lots of employers pursuing our graduates at that level, and obviously an, an easy pathway would be to pursue teaching in higher ed, but there are so many other uh, work-based careers that our, our graduates are finding. Well, it's a, it's a great college with a lot of great opportunity in it. We're going to talk after the break a little more about 
those opportunities and about some of the challenges in uh, in how we we get teachers and teacher candidates back into the into the teaching professions. So this is Local Matters, and we're going to take a quick break. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. We're talking to Dr. Jeremy Wint, the chairman of the Department of Curriculum and Instruction at Tennessee Tech University. And we're talking not just about his department, but about the entire College of Education. Jeremy, during the the first segment, we talked a lot about undergraduates and and a little bit about graduates. But uh, this college has a very large graduate program. So let's talk a little bit about... uh, about the graduate offerings in the College of Education. What's available and what do students uh, study? Students study a, a lot. So so we make up about 40% of the graduate enrollment at Tennessee Tech, and, and so it, it's substantial. Uh, a lot of that it falls within curriculum and instruction, but again, we have, uh, we have degree programs uh, up through the Ph.D. level in exercise science and counseling and psychology also. So our, our largest growth area over the past two years has been our job embedded and post back programs. So so a student who has has had a degree in nursing and and they've been in it for twenty years, but they really want to get into the classroom and and teach and make a difference. And so so that type of student has really exploded recently. And so we have nearly as many of those as we do in our our typical undergrad licensure pathway students, which which is a major shift. Uh, but it's a great shift because uh, the the school systems needed those folks, didn't they? They do. They do. And and that's driven. Uh, we've always had people enrolled in those programs, um, but but we never had the the need that we're seeing today in, in the school system. So, you know, 10 years ago, it was impossible to hire an elementary ed major or a physical education teacher on a waiver because there were there were 20 applicants for every position um, and so now there there are 20 positions for every applicant uh, and so it's you know it, it changes the dynamic so for those of you listening if if you've uh, got a baccalaureate degree or graduate work and you um, uh, you've always wanted to get in a classroom Jeremy's the guy to talk to Absolutely. If 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 you want to call me or stop by Tennessee Tech, I can put you in a classroom <laughs> very soon. This the schools reach out regularly. We we it is it is a real issue the the shortage uh, that we have of teachers. Uh, a, a number a myriad of issues that have led to that shortage. 
but it is a shortage in the school systems. You know, we, we need students to be taught. We need teachers in the classroom making that difference. Well, let's talk a little bit about that shortage. Uh, it, it is a nationwide challenge. Uh, our systems here in the Upper Cumberland see it too, but in not nearly to the degree that uh, some places like Florida or California or some others see it. Uh, what do you think drives it? What are the primary causes of the shortage? So one of the and it's it's such a, a multi-layered issue. One one issue is just teacher retirement. Uh, you know, it's a simple supply and demand for that piece. We have more teachers currently retiring than we have teachers coming in. Uh, you know, there there is some turnover early on uh, in in education of those that that you know if they haven't quite had enough experience or they don't exactly know what to expect when they get in there sometimes people change their mind uh, and so that that's made a difference the teacher teacher pay is always top of the line to discuss and 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 there are some systems that make a difference DeKalb County uh, is one of the in Smithville is one of the highest paying systems in the state now for starting teacher pay which is unusual to hear, you know, for a small system. But but there are a lot of systems that are offering signing bonuses because of, of the need for teachers and, and raising pay. And so that, that is one issue and that has made a difference. Uh, you know, there's been some, some change with that. Uh, the climate in general towards educators, it, it is a difficult field. It's not an easy field. Uh, but many times when the teachers are there and, and they – they want to teach, they have that desire to make a difference, they're going to do it, and they're going to get in that classroom. And uh, it, I've got – my mother was a teacher all her life, and and uh, I've got other teachers who are nieces and nephews and and um, sisters and brothers. Uh, the climate can be tough. A helicopter parent can make life miserable for a teacher, can't they? A- absolutely. And, and – a lot of those things we can prepare a teacher for, but but there are some th- some things that are very difficult to do uh, to prepare a teacher for. And that time they spend in the classroom and in, in practicums and residency, you know, they get that firsthand experience, and and that's a big deal. But ultimately, when they when they take that key and open the door and and walk in their first day on the job, there there are so many things that we, you just can't teach them uh, in the classroom until until the classroom's theirs. And they learn it. And there's 20 or 30, you know, 20, 25 exciting young minds that are on on uh, high-octane fuel. And uh, it's going to be a, a big day for that new teacher, isn't it? It, it will be. It will be. And we, we've, we've read some research that says that a typical teacher will make about 1,200 independent decisions in a day in a classroom. Uh, and and that's you know that's not something you see in other professions. That's I mean, right. that, there there's a lot of thinking and and critical thinking and and just decisions you have to make. Well, and and uh, we've been through a period, a pandemic, where teachers were not trained for that. I mean, there was no way to train for what COVID did to a school system. Uh, so they've been the heroes just showing up and trying to get through this last couple of years. Absolutely, absolutely. And and, and to make that pivot, it, it was amazing to see how educators pivoted on, on a dime to, to continue to offer what they could and, and do what was best for the students, ultimately. 
and it was a challenge, and we lost teachers. Teachers died from COVID that they acquired from their students. So it, it was a tough time on teachers, too, and uh, that, that just added to more stress than some folks could handle. Mm-hmm. So that's a contributor also. Well, speaking of, of COVID and, and the pandemic, uh, we may get into learning loss and talk a little bit about learning loss. Clearly, with everybody staying away from the classroom, you would expect learning loss during that period. And there was some nationwide, and and I think the county schools here in Putnam County saw it, saw it too. But do you think there have been any systematic changes in the classroom environment, the way teachers teach or the way students learn based on the pandemic? I think both. I, I think that, that we've we've adapted at the higher ed level. I think the K-12 schools have adapted, um, you know, where there were teachers or school systems or, or areas where, where there was fear of the technology, where, where they were afraid to you know, to put a fourth grader in a virtual class, uh, you know, kind of had our, our hand forced on doing that. And there were some some good best practices that came from that. You People know? have found that a virtual classroom can be powerful. It, it can be. And and so, you know, to, to add that to the to the tool belt uh, for the school system is a productive thing, you know, to realize that that fifth grade student can still take three classes but maybe that student needed an advanced class and they can do that one class virtual, you know, as part of their school day. And there are a lot of, of powerful things that, that came from it. That's great. And, and we want to talk a little bit. You're a professor of education technology. That's your, your background and your field. So we're going to take a quick break and then shift gears a little bit and talk about the, the education technology that's available and some of the changes that the classroom will see. This is Local Matters. We are talking education matters with Dr. Jeremy Wint, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Local Matters. Uh, We are talking to Jeremy Wint about education technology and uh, the impact the pandemic had on the classroom and continues to have on the classroom. Jeremy, I I guess um, in some sense, everybody had to learn. Parents learned. Students learned, teachers learned that technology wasn't the same as a caring teacher sitting six feet away from you, but it still could be a teaching tool, couldn't it? That's for sure. And and I've said that from the beginning uh, for, for nearly 20 years now working in technology that, that to replace the, the teacher in, in almost all situations is not ideal, but to supplement teaching with tools that are engage, engaging and interactive and, and make the classroom better, it's always a good idea. You know, anytime that there's a tool that, that and whether it's, you know, very technological or, or, or it's a piece of paper that, that can be folded into something exciting, you know, whatever that tool is, uh, many times it falls under technology. Um, but so many things have grown. So many companies, uh, startup companies, we actually have some some graduates working for some technology companies uh, that are that are geared towards technology education. And so we, we've always prided ourselves in being ahead of that curve at Tennessee Tech in the College of Ed. And so so we've done that for years. Uh, and so some of those tools that that grew out of the the pandemic have have hung on and, and we're we're working with them. And that's that's great. And and you've done work personally 
not just in this country, but in, in an international setting, on some interesting educational technology. So you've been in Taiwan and in Finland and in Prague. So tell us a little bit about some of that work. You did some 3D printing and some immersive reality, some technology readiness. Tell us what all those things meant. It's all fun stuff. You know, ultimately, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, uh, 3D printing, for, for example, is a tool that that we've been we've been using for a long time. You know, any time that we see an innovative product or a tool that can be used in the classroom in an exciting way, you know, we want to we want to test it. We want to learn about it. We want to find the educational uses. We want to introduce it to the school system. Uh, some things stick, and and some things you know don't. And so the the 3D printer, just for example, is something that still you know it's been about 12 years now since we first got one with the educational purpose in mind. Um, at the time, we started putting some into school systems uh, and, and doing some of the research with it. Uh, we found that the students gravitated towards it and, and would learn how to use it. And, you know, some of the teachers were hesitant and they would have a student team to run it, you know, and so they were, those students were engaged. Ultimately, insert the name of the tool, 3D printer or, you know, virtual reality with Oculus glasses, whatever it is that you're working with, uh, the students the students are excited about it. And it's funny those students. I know my grandson is in fifth grade now. Uh, one of my grandchildren, and uh, he's been into these these technology driven environments uh, a lot. But I was thinking the other day um, a, as they prepare for the next moon mission for NASA and then for the Mars mission beyond that. They're planning to use 3D printers in space to manufacture a lot of what they're going to need on those trips. And I'm thinking the fifth graders are going to be the astronauts by the time they actually launch those things. So they're learning stuff now that may take them back to the moon or take them on to deep space. Mm-hmm. And it's an exciting time to to have that. You know, the involvement of technology is so rapid that students, you know, they should be exposed to those things, whether it's novel or whether it has, you know, everyday practical applications, you know, getting them engaged in those new technologies is always a good thing. I, I agree. Now, you've got faculty in your, in your department, in your college that are doing some cool stuff, and some have been doing it for a long time. There's a lady named Holly Anthony Dr. Holly Anthony, I, I think she's from Overton County. I believe mm-hmm. she's from Livingston. Uh, but she won the the Kaplaner Faculty Research Award uh, the last time it was given. Uh, talk a little bit about Holly and her work. Yeah, she did. And Dr. Anthony has worked with us in the department uh, almost, almost the exact same amount of time that I've been there uh, and has been phenomenal in terms of, of research grants and, and active grants for educators. So, so her specialty area is math, uh, and so she has worked with, I, I would guess, every single math teacher in the, in the Upper Cumberland at some point. And so her grants have, has offered professional development, technology for teachers, and I know that some of her grants provided laptops, um, and then training specifically for those teachers on best practices for teaching math, which is obviously, a, you know, could be a really scary thing for some students. Uh, and so, you know, she has a way of explaining things that helps people understand it uh, and explaining it to teachers in a way that they can in turn explain it to, to students. And, and so that 
from my where I sit has been the the baseline for what she has done. But then you add you take that up to, you know, well over ten million dollars in grants and, and it really multiplies that work out in a way that, that is measurable uh, over the years. In a lot of ways, she has impacted the entire Upper Cumberland teaching curriculum in mathematics. Mm-hmm. She has. And she's worked with the STEM Center, the Center for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics at Tech, and brought many of the Upper Cumberland teachers into, into that STEM Center uh, where they learned new cool things they could do with their students. Well, Dr. Corey Gleesman has done some neat things, too. Uh, tell us about CS for All. Yeah, so Dr. Gleesman is one of our newer faculty members, uh, and, and we're excited to hire him. Uh, we're, we're the only uh, licensed program in the state of Tennessee for computer science education. And so Dr. Gleesman is, is my professor in that field, uh, and, and he comes from the University of Georgia uh, and, and has been very dynamic since he started. Uh, and so the CS for All is just one of his programs that he works on. Um, and, and the state of Tennessee – I think was a, was a few years behind in picking up, but but now the the state of Tennessee is requiring computer science and coding courses for every student in the state of Tennessee before they get out of school. So at some point in that K through twelve realm, they have to take a course in computer science ed. And so Dr. Gleesman has been serving on the committees out of Nashville and working on grant programs to help facilitate the curriculum uh, as well as train teachers to be ready to teach the computer science. And so this program, this, this one program that he's working on, among many others, uh, will help do that. Um, and, and we're behind most other developed countries in terms of training our students on computer science and, and coding. Um, and, and it's not that everyone has to be an expert, but everyone should have that baseline knowledge so that we can develop enough people into experts along the way to be competitive Globally, yeah, they're going to have to compete on a on a world scale, and uh, we need to be doing leading edge things in that. Uh, you also host one of the things that um, I think many in the Upper Cumberland know about Tennessee Tech's College of Ed is that you host the co- the Child Development Laboratory. Talk about what that CDL does. Yeah, so the Child Development Laboratory has been on Tech's campus for, for many, many years. And I, I like to think that it kind of grew out of the original campus school. Uh, it, was, it was sort of an arm of that, uh, that that over the years has has found its own groove or found its own niche for being a really high-quality preparatory school. You know, it, you hate to use the word daycare or preschool but you know it's a form of that but but it's very intentional uh, all of our all the teachers are licensed teachers which is not a requirement by the state of Tennessee and so our the child development lab has had several awards uh, from the state of Tennessee uh, has very very specific curriculum for the students that's hands-on and supported by our Tennessee Tech students and so it's a program that we're very proud of uh, always, several hundred on the waiting list to get into that program. And it's a mixture of community community kids and, and faculty from Tennessee Tech uh, that attend it. Uh, but it, it, it is a shining example of, of the College of Education. And it's a, it's a wonderful experience for the children that are, that are going through it. 
but it's also a great training experience for the teacher candidates, the ones that can get in there and interact with those preschoolers. It is. It is. And, and especially for our early childhood majors. Uh, and, and we have quite a few early childhood licensure and, and non-licensure practitioner-based early childhood majors who spend a lot of time in there learning and working with the students and taking those best practices out into their classrooms and in preschools. And maybe the last thing we'll have time to talk about, but uh, your teacher candidates go out for an experience in a school system. They're all over Putnam County Schools for sure, and most of the other Upper Cumberland schools too. But you also have some special tutoring initiatives in partnership with the county schools. Talk about what those did. We do. So so there are federal dollars, as you can imagine. Uh, you mentioned the learning loss from the COVID uh, pandemic. And so there are federal dollars that have trickled down uh, to the states to, to help prepare teachers and students for, for those to overcome those learning losses. And so obviously when the school systems need tutors, a great partnership is with Tennessee Tech with our teachers who are learning. Um, and so, you know, what better learning experience than to work one-on-one with a group of students uh, and to get paid a little bit on the side. Uh, it, it's a great experience for the teachers. So we've partnered with Putnam County and, and we're partnering with other districts just, just to help bridge that gap to mediate and connect our students with the districts to help fill that need. Uh, the need for tutors is, is great. Uh, the schools are actively seeking tutors uh, and, and would really like to see more community volunteers and, and they would like to see a lot of people in those programs to help bridge that gap uh, from, from the COVID learning loss. A lot, lot of things going on and just so many ways the, the department is helping the county schools. I want to thank you for being with us today and for, for sharing these things. We've got a lot more to talk about, so we'll have you back sometime to uh, continue on some other topics. But uh, we've been talking to Dr. Jeremy Went, the chairman of the Department of Curriculum and Instruction at Tennessee Tech. Jeremy, thank you for being with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time.